Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Kella to discuss the future of the biker world that we love. If there is a future beyond Mayans, what could it be? A First Nine prequel? An Abel Thomas sequel? And what about those Charlie Hunnam rumors? Could Jax have somehow survived that accident? What could all this even look like? We discuss our wish lists in depth on this episode of Belated Binge, Sons of Anarchy. Let's do it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we get started, spoilers, obviously. Language, maybe? Shout out to Katie holding it down for the Bonus Binge Squad on Patreon. More on that later. For now, let me introduce my guest. If you consume fan content in the Sons of Anarchy space, you're going to know this name. It's Kella. First of all, thank you for being here. I've seen your stuff for a while. I think I've been following you since like 2021 or so. Um, You're a huge fish in this pond, and I am Nemo with my gimpy little fin who can barely swim. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, first of all, Zach, thanks for the invite. First podcast for me today, so I think we will get the job done. And yeah, I think you're doing pretty fine. You're definitely not a Nemo. A little bit grown (laughs) up, I would say. Let's see where it takes us. You've built quite the following in this space. At last count that I had, your Sons of Anarchy fan page on Instagram was over 170,000 followers. Yeah, it might be be something like that. It uh, has grown a little bit uh, fast in the last month, to be honest. I think it. Uh, I think I had seen it at like 144, and then uh, just like last night before we started, bef- you know, in preparation for this. So I made sure I had a more accurate number. I looked and I'm like, holy cow! How did it go from 144 to 170? Uh, it was insane. crazy with the reels. <laughs> always when you have a little bit of luck and one or two reels are going like in the million views, and then it's like you do 10,000 followers in one or two days, and uh, I think that's what happened. That's that's insane. Uh, yeah. But it's not just Instagram. You've got TikTok, which is over 100,000. You've got a successful YouTube channel. And you've got your personal brand, which isn't a joke either. And um, is like built around motorcycles. So like, yeah. first of all, kudos for building such a like mini empire around yourself <laughs> and in this like Sons of Anarchy space. Because it's a very niche um, a very niche area and it's not an easy one to grow a following in. So yeah, first of true, all, yeah. <laughs> like kudos for that. Um, do I have it right? Did you start in 2019? I think so. I owe, uh, before this talk, I thought about it. Was it to, uh, to 18 or to 19? I'm not sure, but I think into 19, I owe, I, I hit the 10 K or something because there was on a comic convention. I got invited and uh, met some of the Sons of Anarchy cast. And I think that was to 19 before all the COVID stuff happened. It's wild to me because I was actually surprised by that. Um, I actually assumed that you'd been at it way longer, uh, particularly yeah. to get to get those kind of numbers. Um, but in 2019 or 2018, like the show was long over with. So what made you get started then? That's a really, really dumb story, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm all in, for the dumb stories. <laughs> I was in my training ship as a car mechanic back in the days. The job I did before all of the social media business stuff happened. And I was sitting in a car at work uh, trying to get the time over, <laughs> not working, obviously, and scrolling to Instagram. At this time, I rewatched the show and I wanted to like check what the guys are posting about the show on Instagram. And I thought... 
what the fuck there are only like uh, bad quality images and not really fan content and it's not interactive there are no groups that discuss stuff about the show so i thought why not doing an own account and start posting stuff with good quality and interact with the followers and that's what i did so essentially you saw an opening and you just like jumped on it like be the content you wanted to find yeah exactly yeah that's it that's crazy um it, I, it went crazy yeah that's wild i feel like i'm in a sort of i'm not in the same situation right now with the podcast but right now i believe that i am the only active regular sons of anarchy rewatch podcast that's going right now i waited until uh theo and kim Coates were yeah. done with their reaper reviews before i got started because i didn't want to try to compete with that yeah. um, and when i've gone around looking there are definitely there's some um there's a really fun like youtube react channel that's uh going through the series right now um i have seen some other podcasters that do like intermittent episodes about sons of anarchy uh, mm -hmm. but as far as like regularly posting i'm kind of it right now so uh i'm i'm actually happy to be that like that one but it sounds like you were you were that one basically before COVID started and everybody started making podcasts and content about things uh you yeah. had already kind of jumped onto it and i think the the thing is uh, you have to keep in mind that there's always change back in the days podcasts were really small and i would say they are still in their kind of beginning in 10 years they will be so much bigger and especially the the rewatch or reaction stuff i don't know how it is in america but here in germany we have a pretty big scene on youtube where the youtubers react on each other's videos and it's really really big they make tons of clicks with it and i think like rewatching a show where already are many fans has huge potential for like views or interested viewers so i think if you keep going and uh, you keep the quality high and build your own kind of style to it you have definitely the chance uh, to build a big fan base uh you know i'm hoping that we we carve out a little little something over here but um people can hear about me on this podcast literally anytime <laughs> you spun that um that following on social media and the content that you were making with both the sons and your own personal one into a job with harley davidson is that do yeah, i have my facts yeah. straight <laughs> yeah yeah kind of it uh, all went like i um finished my training ship as a car mechanic and at this time the social media stuff always was uh, pretty pretty good i think i was like 15k on my personal instagram and maybe like 80k on sons of anarchy or something and i didn't do tiktok at that time it was only instagram no youtube no nothing and i thought i just jump in the dark and uh, quit my job and go fully into the social media stuff and that's what i did <laughs> like one or one and a half years ago and well it turned out pretty good i got a good collaboration with harley davidson for my personal content and yeah, then I got the job as a social media manager and videograph for um, two Harley Davidson stores here in Germany. That's what I'm doing like two days a week. And the rest of the week, I'm kind of doing my own stuff for the social media part. And yeah, that's my job now, I would say. That's wild. And that's like the... I guess uh, over here, we might call that like the American dream. It's like literally <laughs> turning a passion into a career. Um, it's it's We have this stupid cliche that you parents always tell us you know find something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life 
and hmm. you have kind of embodied that in in your own uh, in your own way like some weeks ago i thought like the same i already thought about this american dream stuff because like three or four weeks ago i bought my first own harley davidson and mm. it was a moment like <laughs> like some years ago when i started the sons of anarchy stuff or even further back when i first watched the show i always knew one day i will get the driver's license i will get my own harley but then i get the harley through like the sons of anarchy content and the content of my own that came through the sons of anarchy stuff is like so ironic man <laughs> that's really funny it's yeah it's like the the show got you interested and also afforded you the ability to do it it's like a payback for the for yeah. the for the for the show for the years and years that you've yeah. dumped into into the content like You're keeping like, the show right, alive and uh, then getting a harley for it <laughs> no that that's crazy i think didn't you start like a little um little uh but like a build series with it it's a lowrider s right yeah 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 i just started i'm doing it with some sponsors and um building it on my own with my friends from harley and yeah let's see how it uh, looks when it's customized right oh that's sweet that's that's literally my favorite thing about motorcycles um True. i'm still on my sportster i'm doing i'm going to be doing the upgrade um i'm either going street bob or lowrider s uh and it, the itch is bad the itch yeah. is bad man i would um, i would uh, i would <laughs> recommend you go for the lowrider because you have the bigger uh, engine if i did the street bob i'd probably at least do the 114 um yeah. but still even even the newer lowrider s's have the 117 and we've lost every listener that doesn't actually uh pay attention to harley motor <laughs> maybe so maybe we should we should jump jump straight to sounds of anarchy no we should um yeah. so our discussion topic today uh was sparked by a few things that happened within the world of sons of anarchy and and our sutter verse here this isn't going to be an exhaustive list this isn't everything that's gone down but the some of the high points and in, in cliff notes versions would be that the conclusion of the mayans mc uh spinoff show has you know that thing's come to an end it went five seasons on fx it followed easy reyes and his brother angel and they're like southern california mayans a few years after the conclusion of sons of anarchy We've had some rumors of Disney potentially parting ways with FX, which could potentially open the door for Kurt Setter to possibly be reconnected with the franchise. Um, and then we've also had Charlie Hunnam. This is the one that's really kind of like made its rounds is uh, Charlie Hunnam has mentioned the possibility of reprising his role as Jax Teller in some, let's call it a hush-hush, maybe, possibly, might be in the works hypothetical project that he he has walked back a little bit, but um, I, I I think we're I think we're smelling the scent in the air that this is most likely a reunion show, if anything, but we don't really know what that's supposed to be. Yeah, that's it. So all of this can be true. Um, but there's still a lot of things that would have to happen for anything new to actually take place. But today, we're going to operate in this fantasy world where there's going to be new content. And someone making that content is actually going to care about what our opinions are <laughs> on what content they uh, they should make. So we're going to share our wish lists, mine and yours, uh, and ideas for what's to come in this beloved biker world. Uh, so we've got 
a, a few show ideas that we're going to talk about today. And they should at least sound semi-familiar to everybody. We've got the first nine prequel series. We've got the Abel and Thomas sequel series that Kurt Sutter had planned originally to name Sam Crow. Uh, personally, I like the title The Sons better than Sam Crow, but that's just me. Yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> uh, and then we've got this third one, and this one's a little bit more like off the wall a little bit and in kind of direct reaction to Charlie and that is what if Jax survived the crash at the end of season seven kind of like a future of Sam Crow kind of story that's it so do you want to go first or would you like me to go first with my like wish list of what each of you know these shows I figure we can do them one at a time we'll start with first nine uh, and we can kind of just pass it back and forth here I would say we start with first nine yeah there's the that's the part where we have the most informations or leaks or rumors i would say yeah so maybe we could uh, talk about this first sure so for me uh first nine it's as we know it's the prequel series to the sons of anarchy it should sound super familiar uh to anyone that has absorbed content in this space i know you've done videos on it uh this was supposed to be a mini series a nine episode miniseries thing that uh, that Kurt Sutter was planning to do showing like the formation of Sam Crow. Uh, for me personally, I would actually prefer this to be more of a full on series as opposed to the miniseries. Uh, I just think there's more here that you could get into than just nine episodes unless those are literally <laughs> like movie length episodes. Yeah. Um, especially with the passage of time that you have to have. I know in one of, uh, one of your videos, you noted that when Piney and John Teller actually formed Sons of Anarchy, Gemma would have been like 10. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so like there's a lot of time that has to pass before we even get to JT and Gemma getting together and having Jax and then, you know, Thomas and, and everything else that, uh, goes on which by the way get us on another uh podcast episode to talk about why john teller has such a thing for young young women but, <laughs> um but so for that reason i'm not i'm not as much into like the nine episode limitation that you'd have i think you could do a full series here i think you can show jt and piney coming home from the war getting their bikes spend you know an episode or two just kind of showing how they uh, how they do meet the rest of the guys and like form the club but i really want to see the club actually in action how you know what pushback do they get when they put that california bottom rocker on their cuts you know what other dominant clubs are in the area like what um, what confrontation does that lead them to how do they form the relationship with the ira in the first place how does mcgee go from being first nine to having that chapter in ireland I assume it was with that relationship forming with the IRA and they, he posted up there to start a chapter there to, you know, um, you know, run, do protection runs and things like that. You know, get Gemma once she's actually of age <laughs> hooking up with JT. And then, you know, how did they form these, uh, these relationships with the support clubs, like the devil's tribe and the grim bastards you know, how did they link up with Unser in the first place? Like, how did that relationship form? 
We have the first war with the Mayans that we can go through. We can go through all of that. And then, of course, you start to see the turn that JT has in his heart and the creation of the book that he starts writing, the one that Jax is reading after the death of Thomas, and then the relationship with Maureen Ashby. We've got Trinity's birth, the way that Gemma twists up Clay, and you know he gets turned on JT, and they literally go after his life and then they can end the series the way that they ended sons of anarchy with jt's accident out on 580 and maybe do kind of a montage of like clay and Gemma happy together you know heading to meet piney in the club maybe it ends on like a funeral scene or something and you've got this like final frame that's super dramatic and zoomed in on like jack's face as he's crying with his little son's ring that you know he has maybe a little reaper crew hat on backwards or something and and you sort of set up that you know our next venture is going to be this child Jax's story i feel yeah. like that has potential to be incredibly you know compelling and we can we can follow beats that we're familiar with but we don't really know the story you know what i mean yeah the thing is there are two sides of the medal if we cut it down the one side is we have a lot of content and we could like do a full show like Sons of Anarchy, five to seven seasons easily, easily, mm-hmm. really. There's so much, all you, you told us like <laughs> in the last minutes, it's so much content, man. Right. Um, but th- the other side of the medal is if we put all of that content in like nine episodes, it will be really interesting nine episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, today all the movies... If you go to the cinema, they are all like three hours. And back in the days, the movies were a lot shorter. But sometimes now the movies are not as interesting as back in the days when the movies were shorter. And yeah, that's hard to say. If the series is really good, then it could yeah, sustain everything with like five seasons. But sometimes it's better to do less, but with more quality. So I'm not really sure what is the right path to choose. No, I can I, I see where you're going. Like I I could totally be on board for that being a mini series, but like you said, you have to pack so much into it. True. That I wonder how do you cut those episodes and what kind of time jumps do you have to have in yeah, there? It, like, that, that's crazy, man. That's really crazy. I mean, as a content creator or videographer, I was thinking about that too. I I wouldn't know how to do it honestly there's so much different stuff that you can't really put together in one episode that it's almost impossible to do it in nine episodes unless you like skip many things yeah you got to skip a lot of stuff or skip a lot of time because like like we said Gemma was like 10 when the club formed so she has to you got to at least go eight years before she and JT get together presumably right like we're not we're not condoning otherwise like (laughs) that's that's not how this is gonna go how do you get that far? Do you maybe do like episode one? It's JT and Piney getting back from war. You literally have just like the formation of the club. And mm-hmm. then you have episode two is like they've been doing stuff for two or three years. And maybe that's how you pass the time or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I think that would that would feel really rushed, to be honest. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because when I'm thinking about it, that can't fit in one episode. I think it would be so cool if we have like one specific episode where they are still in Vietnam. 
you know that would be so cool and then the homecoming and all the stuff yeah, that would be so rushed if it's in nine episodes yeah i agree so what if we what if we split the difference what if it's like what they've been doing with those kind of like underground marvel series that they've been doing for for netflix and stuff like i'm thinking mm -hmm. of like the uh the jessica joneses and and those Daredevil kind of things and stuff right yeah, yeah like yeah. a lot of those i feel like they're uh they're basically creating them with the intention that this is going to be three seasons yeah, yeah, yeah but you do three full seasons it's not like uh it's not like season one of the office it's only six episodes long like you you give it a full like 13 episode minimum yeah per season and you do three of them then maybe you can figure out how to pass the time you can squeeze in more of the story i know some of the stuff that i brought up that i think is uh could be really interesting is not really that pivotal like do you really need the devil's tribe and the grim bastards to be fleshed out or do you just need to see them once and get a head nod you mm -hmm. know what i mean like you can you can i think weave your way through here and you have enough time for Gemma to become an adult before she be gets introduced um i personally i don't want to see her as a kid no nah, that's boring for my for my opinion yeah like I, I don't want to see that at all i want i want her introduced as an a quote-unquote legal adult um, yeah. into the series at after they've already been through some stuff yeah. right like um, in the middle like in the middle of the of, of all what happens right right exactly i want her to be kind of like a a almost like a turning point yeah where it's like they've been going down this path in this direction maybe they're getting the the relationship started with the ira they're moving towards gun running stuff like that and that stuff is like signed sealed delivered just got started maybe they have their biggest like shootout that they've ever been in and all of a sudden Gemma gets introduced and, and i think it's really interesting to see how the relationships are built between like um Gemma and clay for example how does oh, yeah. it go i mean it turns out really dramatic at the end but <laughs> yeah. how does it how does it come so far yeah i know that's that's why when when it was originally described in whatever i whatever article i read originally uh mm -hmm. where kurt sutter said like what his plan was to have sons and then mayans and then a first nine miniseries and then do a sequel that was kind of his his roadmap yeah when when it was described as the uh mini series of the formation of sons my my i guess worry or uh concern for lack of a better way to put it was that it was really just going to focus on the club and it was going to end when the club started and yeah. it really wasn't going to be about the club and we yeah, weren't going to yeah, get yeah. any of the um like any of the points that they built in the sun series which that i would be incredibly interested to see like you said how does Gemma start wooing clay and when do they start you know plotting against jt and when does jt start to really feel like the club has lost its way or maybe his you know vision for the club has changed and how does that dynamic start to shift like that to me would be incredibly interesting and compelling that would be all of the interesting stuff to be honest i, <laughs> I think we all don't have to see how a club foundation is going that's like <laughs> what the fuck, man it's it's the relationships always it's a drama series 
So we need to see more from the people and how they turn, how the character development is. And that's what really is interesting about First Nine, in my opinion. But I see the biggest problem in nine episodes with uh, Kurt Sutter himself. Because if we look on Sons of Anarchy, the original show, it's not really a fast-paced show. So Kurt Sutter's style isn't really fast-paced. So I can't really imagine a show from Kurt in nine episodes with so much content in it. He's more like the guy of going slow-paced, in my opinion. No, you're right. And I mean, he made his bones on The Shield, which was the same the same feel. I've not watched... Um all of the shield but i am familiar with it and you know i know it went seven season or yeah seven seasons it um it was definitely in that same like gritty i guess anti-hero kind of a form i think it's also funny that he played a a messed up character on that show as well uh, mm -hmm. he likes to write himself in you know a part and he's seems to enjoy bringing the twisted to life yeah um but yeah, I don't, and I I will admit I've not watched like the bastard executioner. Um, from my understanding, that wasn't a particularly long lived venture. Yeah, me too. I know he's got this new Netflix show that he's um doing. I think it's like a western type of a feel. Um, mm -hmm. so I'll be kind of interested to see if that's kind of that slow burn, kind of what you what you were talking about. Is it gonna um, how's that going to play out? I, I have this, the, uh, the one, the one casting choice that I remember seeing was like a, uh, a, a matriarch character. And I'm like, Oh, look, it's a Western version of Gemma. Yeah. I wonder what this, what this is going to be. Um, but yeah, like that, that seems to be his style. Right. And he was starting that with Mayans too, before, um, before he, you know, he parted ways with, uh, with the network it was it was very much a slow burn and in my opinion i don't think that his vision with mayans after reflecting on it was really to tell uh necessarily the mayan story like he did sons of anarchy i think he was trying to tell a cartel story with that one Ooh. with kind of with a side of bikers 100% 100% and then it was you know the the show definitely changed when he wasn't a part of it anymore and and blah 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 we're not going to go down the mayans road but that's that's where like that's the feeling that I get about this first nine as its like original intention is like it's actually probably intended to be like a war show with a side of motorcycles and they form a club at the end or something like it's you know we mm -hmm. we, we could potentially get it and it they not put on a cut until the very last episode. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thought. I haven't thought of this uh, yet, but you're you're right. At uh, the start of my NCMC, at the yeah, first two seasons, I guess, I mm -hmm. got many messages on Instagram. How do I like the show and stuff like that? And is it like Sons of Anarchy? And I always say it the same. I always said it's not a really biker show. It's like more a drug war cartel show. Yeah. And that's what I felt. Honestly, I think Mayans changed in a good direction after Kurt was out. I like the season one or two not as much as like season three and four. Um, but maybe yeah, he had the biggest part in his hand. So don't know if it's not, if he didn't produce it right. If you know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, yeah, I almost wonder too. Like you said, he's more of a slow burn. Yeah. So and, maybe his big big coup was coming in like season three or four. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like when he left that show, um, let's just we'll word it that way. The course correction was to try to bring it back to no. Let's let's get back to what Sons was. Yes. You know, and and you started getting more of that like we're gonna do shock deaths with characters in the club that you know. We're gonna and that sort of kind of worked but sort of kind of didn't uh, now we're going to force you know we're going to have a a war with the the club that you're familiar with we're going to bring sons of anarchy to this and we're going to we're going to bring in a bunch of cameos from people that you are familiar with from sons like i don't i feel like that got that got a little bit um heavy-handed in mm-hmm. uh in my opinion this isn't a dump on mayans podcast or or podcast episode at least but uh but i i could see kurt probably had a very very different vision for how that series was going to culminate and it was going to take time to get there and i think it was i think it was moving a little bit too slow personally yeah yeah. um, before it got there so i i i don't know to bring it back around to your original point i don't know how he would execute nine episodes if there was any intention at all to pay off anything that was set up in the original Sun series. Like I have to imagine that he didn't even want to touch any of that. Yeah. If we get back to your idea with the like war kind of series, for me, that sounds like pretty interesting because I haven't had that idea before and I didn't hear it anywhere. It is a good potential for a really good show, but it's not really what the Sons of Anarchy community wants to see. And that's the same with, with Mayans. And um, I think it wouldn't be like a good idea to do it. Even with a good potential for a good show, if the fan base is not so much into it, it's like yeah, there will be no big su- success, you know? They have to give more intel about all we talked before, like the stuff with Gemma, the IRA, and stuff like that. If the fans don't see anything about that, it will be a big disappointment for many people, even if the show is like 10 out of 10 banger. I, I completely agree. I I think of it as uh, almost like the Fast and the Furious franchise. Um, I don't know if you're all that familiar with that one. That yeah, was, I've seen uh, all movies. <laughs> yeah, staple of my childhood. Um, yeah. But I think Tokyo Drift was a really good movie. Yeah. If they didn't put Fast and Furious in the title. Exactly. Yeah. This this first nine, you know, if if they wanted to do a really cool war movie, and then end it with like the formation of a motorcycle club, putting it on its own separately with different characters and telling like whatever that story is could potentially be really good. But if you put John Teller in it and Clay Morrow and Piney Winston, and it ends with them forming sons of anarchy and all it's like a war show and not a motorcycle club show, it's not going to, it's not going to work. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah true because the fan base is interested in different stuff exactly exactly and I it's mean, an underserved yeah, market true. yeah i think one of the things that made sons of anarchy so successful was beyond the writing the writing was obviously incredible it yep. was up up there with you know a lot of the the best like gritty dramas that have ever been made 
from a writing perspective, but I also think that part of the interest is that you can't really find decent quality or any at all biker shows. Yeah, I can't really remember a single one, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, you can you can go back in, in the waybacks. You can see some like documentary style stuff about like you know Hell's Angels or oh, you know Sonny Barger made a, a movie like way back when. I don't know what mm. was that the seventies. Like you know the there isn't. It's like an underserved. It's an underserved mar like content market. I don't know why there's not more biker stuff made with you know with quality. Yeah, and it's like Sons just like ripped a band-aid off of a wound we didn't know we had and it's now that's what you want you know like particularly if you were a fan of sons and if it's going to happen in this world like it this has to be a biker show absolutely it has to be all around this and even more a biker show than sons of anarchy because back in the days when the club was founded all this rocker outlaw stuff was much more biker and wildlife than in the year Sons of Anarchy was aired. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be taking place alongside chronologically. It would be like the 70s when yeah. Hell's Angels were like, you know, coming to becoming mainstream in America here. Um, and I know like they obviously they had a. Uh, a major influence on the Sons of Anarchy show. So, I, I mean, you kind of have to tell that story and that that stuff, that's absolutely, those stories are wild. Absolutely yeah. wild. Any any documentary that you watch or any interview that you see with, like, past members that, uh, you know, open up or whatever is those mm -hmm. stories from the 70s, 80s-ish, like, even the 60s of, of Outlaw Motorcycle Club stuff is absolutely bonkers and they would have to they would have to run parallel with that so like they would have to depict that it was just a violent time man the guys came from war you know what i mean yeah they they just bring the war back home and how many of them do we know right like we know piney we know jt we know clay we know mcgee those are four members do we know the other five yeah there are some more i know one guy uh, the actor is Tommy Gunn. I'm not sure how his character was named. I think Lenny the Pimp. Can't oh, yeah, Sonny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was Sonny's. That was Sonny's yeah. character. But there was one more character, I guess, that was played by, by Tommy Gunn. He's uh, also a guy from America in this whole biker culture. I have some messages with him on Instagram. But I'm not sure how his character was named. But it was also one of the members and he was like in in that first night photo that i have in the thumbnail of my first night video and that's gone viral like back in the days uh he's in that photo too but i'm not sure about the about the character now so we've got six yeah we, we've got six of them so we got three that we that are just mysteries uh which yeah. obviously would need to be fleshed out and they could honestly they could be your they could kind of be your sacrificial characters in in yeah. some ways, like, you know, throughout the show, but uh, make us care about them first, please. I, I do think there's a fascinating series here. I just, I to your point earlier, I don't know how they do it in nine mini episodes, and I don't know how you do it without it being about the club, about the bikes, and, a, you know, paying off some of the things that they set up in Sons. I don't know how you have a successful sh show within this world that's received well 
without hitting those high notes. Yeah, I I remember one more member. We had to a little bit too dumb, I guess. <laughs> Otto was one of the first nine too. Otto, I didn't realize yeah. Otto was, in, was yeah, the first was. nine. I thought he was just like a long-standing member. No, no, I'm pretty sure he was one. Ah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so well, he's kind of a sacrifice. Him and Lenny, like, how did he go to prison, and how did Lenny the Pimp go to prison? Yeah, those would be super interesting stories. Yeah, yeah. those have to have their own episode. Definitely, but we only have nine, so. Yeah. Maybe they do like nine episodes, one about each member. It could <laughs> be a potential, yeah. There but, you go. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be like that uh, much satisfaction for me, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, all right. So have we beat verse nine to death? Yeah, I would say. All right. So I guess that, that leads us into we're going to do the major time jump. We go from prequel to sequel. And this is the one that was teased again by Kurt Sutter as um, supposed to be the story of, of Abel and Thomas. I really like calling this show The Sons as opposed to Sam Crow. I think that you can make it a show literally about the Sons and okay. follow them on their journey. Um, and it doesn't have to be Abel and Thomas only because Opie also had a son. That's what I saw too. Yeah. I would love to see a series that is following those three boys from their perspectives and give them their own journeys, right? Um, so Abel got the ring from Gemma, which completely poisoned Jax's plan of getting them away from Charming and not knowing anything about him or the club and hating him and all of that stuff. She killed that before he killed her <laughs> abel has a ton of trauma yeah that's what i thought too abel has seen too much i so think much. thomas thomas was so young so yeah there's much hope for him i would say yeah. but um i'm pretty sure abel will be going in kind of the direction of jacks sometime and maybe like the son of op2 but yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be like a really, really cool character-driven show because Thomas maybe goes in a completely different direction, like hating Jax or hating what he did, hating the club, hating maybe Abel too. And uh, yeah, that could That's... be a really cool, cool dynamic um, behavior between those characters. That's really interesting to me. I hadn't thought about Thomas like resenting or hating Abel. Um, I had thought of... I had thought of Abel um, kind of having like a like memories locked away that like his adolescent brain essentially like hid from him mm. as like a coping mechanism for the trauma that he had. Uh, and then kind of see those getting unlocked and seeing him trying to navigate like, oh, my gosh, did I really did I really see that? Did that really happen to me? You, that kind of stuff and kind of going on this like who am I, what happened to me kind of a journey. Yeah, that will and definitely then, be a part, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, even with this like kidnapping uh, stuff, um, he can't really remember that, to be honest. No. But, um, I think he will find out one day, and then he wants more answers. Yeah, exactly. We'll go it's... back to Charming for that, because I'm sure Wendy and Nero will like try to hide a lot from him so he can live a normal life. 
But Beck and Charming, there are all the answers. Exactly. Exactly. And I think Opie's son, you know, in my in my little, you know, world, I think he's still there. Definitely, yeah. And I think he has an interesting um he has an interesting possibility of still joining the club, but then having to also come to come to grips with the damage that it's done to his family. Yeah. Literally caused his family and have to deal with that duality of like, I'm a third generation legacy in this. I literally know no other life, but it's also destroyed my father's life and my life killed my mother, killed my grandfather. Like it, it has been nothing but pain causing for him in his life, but he could like know no other alternative and still wind up in it. Like, I think that's an interesting character arc to explore as well. I completely agree. And like you said with Thomas, I think he does go on a different path, but I always kind of, I, and maybe this is like cherry picking, but I always kind of pictured Wendy trying to like push Thomas towards medicine in mm-hmm. some way. Because Kara, like you know a, mean? Yeah, as kind of like her, her own little like legacy or yeah. Yeah, and, and almost her own like homage to Tara. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like move move him in that path kind of in her in her memory or in her honor or whatever to try to say like, you know, he he was gonna be like you kind of thing. I think it's interesting as hell that you said maybe he hates Jax and hates Abel because I think there's something really interesting there. In my mind, he and Abel were like super duper close because of all this, but maybe maybe they do have a split because Abel wants to go find answers and Thomas can't get further away. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. That's that's really. We have to keep in mind. It's like it is a show. It has to be like interesting. Absolutely. So we we need characters that go in completely different directions. And if you have two brothers, and you need different directions, that would be the easiest way to create like tension in the show. Yeah. At some point, right? They have to come together. They at least have to come to the same place. Yeah, that obviously true. Yeah. Maybe I've given this some thought, but um, let's say Opie's boy is already in the club back in mm-hmm. Charming, dealing with his own, coming to grips on on his own coming of age journey, if you will. Abel wants answers, so he goes back to Charming on his own. Yeah. Thomas does not. They have had their their falling out or or whatever it is but then something happens to abel i'm glad thomas goes you mean yep that's mm-hmm. that's what brings thomas to charming and then we can set forth on our journey of having our three sons that we follow yeah. mm-hmm. in this biker world you know maybe thomas um ironically works at saint thomas <laughs> and and kind of becomes the maybe he moonlights a little bit filling bullet holes in in Irishman's buttocks uh maybe <laughs> and, and that sort of thing for the club and then you know during the day he's 
in a normal white coat. I don't know. Um, Almost it, like his mom. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I, I feel like he has to be a completely different character than Terra. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, of course. Like, I actually envision him being the most dangerous of the three. Could be, huh? Maybe. Like, like um, imagine this. We've got, like, Opie's boy who is pretty much a mini version of Opie. Mm. You know what? I hadn't even thought of it this way. But what if Abel and Thomas are almost like the two sides that Jax could have Yeah. during Sons of Anarchy? He had, like, one side that was very, like, quick trigger, violent outburst. Um, Completely mayhem side, yeah. Exactly. Just, just absolute chaos. And he also had this, like, quiet, meticulous, like, murderous side. Oh. That was fully capable of doing just straight-up torture to somebody before he killed them. Maybe able is more the wear your emotions on your sleeve, you know, violent outbursts, you know, still trying to deal with his childhood trauma and just flies off the handle. And Thomas is just like constantly calculated, just I super mean, cold, but then we'll just take somebody out back and you never see that body again. We already see like that chaotic, violent behavior on Abel in Sons of Anarchy when exactly. I remember right. Like he did some... Yeah, like stuff in his school when I remember right. Yeah, he like he beat up a kid. Yeah, you know, and he he like self harmed. Like it was it was actually really really difficult season to watch. Definitely, um, particularly when you you know you've got this depicted by a five year old. Like it was, it's hard to even talk about what they showed that child doing on that show. True. Yeah, and and he has definitely like some psychological issues i would say for sure for sure so now you know that's had 20 years to fester yeah there's no way this dude's a stable human being definitely not we don't know how all that what happened at the end of the show affected his mind uh, yeah we only saw what happened before but with losing his father in that kind of way i mean he will know what happened they can't hide it from him when he gets older That will definitely make another big impact on his uh, on his mind. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you've got a really cool show, right? Like, definitely. being taken in so many directions, you can. Um, I, I guess in my mind, I think it's really fun to have that dynamic of three sons that you're following. You've got the current member, maybe Abel decides to prospect, and Thomas comes, you know, to and, and is running in parallel with them, but not a part of the club. I think it works with the current ending of Sons of Anarchy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it also works if you needed to alter the ending for any reason, which we'll talk about in our next series that we uh, that yeah. we're going to discuss. But this is the part where I'm going to squeeze a quick little plug in. Um, this is actually similar to a fan fiction that I started writing back in 2020 when mm -hmm. I found out that Sutter wasn't going to be a part of the network anymore. And I realized that the shows that uh, we were promised probably weren't going to happen. Yeah. And so it was, you know, early pandemic times. Uh, I needed a quiet, creative outlet. This podcast didn't exist. And so I started writing. I got 11 chapters into a sequel uh, fan fiction following Abel, Thomas, and Opie's son 
so I started writing this. I've got six chapters that I have shared with patrons uh, so far. Uh, I am reading them audiobook style for Bonus Binge Squad uh, patrons and above. Um, I'm not holding them back from anyone. There's not like a content release schedule or anything like that. As soon as I get the chapter read and edited, that goes up on Patreon. So if you would like to uh, listen to me reading those, check out patreon.com slash belated binge. You should definitely check this out. <laughs> Sounds really interesting to me. <laughs> it's it's very similar to what we just described, although the thing that you said about Thomas like hating Abel, that would make me want to write rewrite some things because I really, <laughs> really like that. Uh, I like squeezing that in there. Um, Maybe you should have talked to me earlier, man. <laughs> I know, right? We'd had to have talked in 2019, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. I'm completely with you. That's definitely the show, maybe because it's a sequel, that has the biggest potential. Because we can do everything what we want. It can be in all directions. There's so much potential. And I hope that one day there will be the chance of something like this getting created. I agree. It's the one that I wanted most, which is similar to what you said when you said you were looking for Sons of Anarchy content you know, back in you know, 2018, 2019, and you couldn't find any, so you started making it. That's yeah. literally the the same thought concept um, that put me into just starting to write it. I was like, this is the show that I was most looking forward to as the next thing. You know, at, at this time, Mayans had like just started. You know, mm. And, and I, I was less interested in Mayans. I was less interested in First Nine. It was this sequel that I was most interested in. And I was like, crap, it's not even going to happen. Well, I want to know what happens, so I'm just going to start writing. <laughs> and I got 11 chapters in. And maybe I'll pick it back up, but um, we'll, we'll see how it does on Patreon and see what, uh, what people think and where we can take the story next. Definitely something cool that you did, because I think um, I'm pretty sure that you learned a lot writing those chapters. It was really fun, to be honest with you, to try to weave in enough of the familiar backstory when you're writing it, you're imagining somebody's reading it and may or may not have watched the original TV series, right? Yeah. Like that That's kind of the lens that I started writing. So I wanted to at least have enough explanation and backstory and introduction of these characters as to like why they would care about their their past and and how it impacts them and and how they got to where they are but not just literally be doing a remember what happened in sons of anarchy and just like writing that out the whole that time would be not not the best idea because then you have right. not the potential for new viewers to enjoy the show <laughs> right i just thought it would be fun for for patrons to get to experience it and, and hopefully enjoy it and if it goes well then you know it can get some breathe some life into it we can do some some revising and and finish out the finish out the story but it was it was a fun needle to try to thread between laying that foundation for why it matters to these characters and then giving these characters their own story and their own thing i definitely it's, think you should uh, you should continue writing those episodes it's been fun like i said i'm, I'm 11 in um, I've read six for Patreon so far, um, and I will, I'll keep churning them out. 
So that leads us into our third, uh, our third series that we were going to talk about today. And that is the most pie in the sky. It's the one that I think was the least planned by Mm. Sutter from the beginning. And this is the one where we have to have a ton of huge caveats from the beginning. And I think you and I agree in our interpretation and our, um, I guess, preferences. Jax Teller is dead. Definitely. And he should be left dead. (laughs) Hopefully. Right. Bro, that's the biggest discussion I've ever had because of all my YouTube videos. Right. I just made a video about exactly this topic with uh, three scenarios uh, how an eighth season could have happened back in the days, not now, like Mm -hmm. directly after season seven. Like one scenario is Jack survived. One scenario is like, um, yeah, he's dead, but uh, he gets like flashback episodes or something like that and yeah there were a lot of um, a lot of scenarios you can watch the video if you're interested so i won't talk about that too much but <laughs> below that video there were so many guys that said jax is dead and uh, we can't do an eighth season now because in um, mayans mc they talked about uh, his dad and we know he's dead and uh, stuff like that and the people don't really understood that I was talking about an eighth season when he maybe survived directly after the seventh season. Mm-hmm. That's all way before my MC. The guys, nobody like have has a timeline in mind. So if Jack survived and we would get content of this, that that would not be content that happened after my MC. That's really important to notice. That's really interesting to me too because we actually we we actually went in different directions here. Okay. So let me let me see if we can let me see if I can sway you slightly. Because but I I back to the caveats. When you have the actor who played Jax coming out and yeah. getting fans all excited and like teasing a possibility of recur- returning as that character, we've got to at least explore some possible scenarios. Yeah. How he could possibly come back somehow and i think that not showing us a body in the season seven finale was absolutely intentional yeah I don't, that's true i don't think they intended for Jax to survive or to continue the story but i do think that they intentionally left like a crack in the door open just in case let's be real there was money to be made and charlie was interested in bringing him back that's exactly exactly what I've always uh, telling with all the spin-offs. Everyone says there will be no first nine, there will be no Jack surviving because uh, all the Disney and network stuff that happens and Kurt is out. But at the end, they are all businesses and they want to make the most money. And if there are so many fans that want to watch that, they are willing to pay like monthly rates for the streaming stuff, they will kind of do something to earn that money and yeah that's the point that's like the hollywood backdoor that uh that is left open with the season seven final exactly i mean i mentioned fast and furious earlier they're constantly coming up with ways to bring characters back from the dead because there's still money to be made but please don't do it like that on sons of anarchy please exactly then i'm out then i'm deleting all the pages (laughs) to be honest (laughs) yeah so but so here's the scenario that I came up with to flesh it out a little bit. You were talking as if it was taking place immediately after 
season seven ended mm-hmm. prior to Mayans and and all of that. I'm thinking I'm thinking if it was to be made now. Okay. But how? Well, here's what I'm gonna try. We're led to believe that he hit that semi truck head on. Hence, mm-hmm. you know, the scene and the blood on the pavement that we got. But let's just say maybe and I, I've I've seen this um idea out there that he saw like a vision of Terra or something. Or maybe he saw a vision of his boys or something, like right before he hit the semi. Mm. And let's say maybe he swerved. Maybe the semi swerved. Maybe it wasn't a head-on collision. Maybe he just went down on the side of the road. He's still going to be bleeding. He's still going to have had a major motorcycle accident. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He Hence, was like fast yeah. and no helmet. and uh... Exactly. Hence the blood on the road. Like... You can you can still not completely cheapen your ending, mm. and still have a a fairly vague, plausible ability for him to have somehow survived. Yeah. Okay, he just went on an absolute killing spree. Prior to that, he's being chased by like a million cop cars. Best case scenario, he's in prison forever yeah. if he doesn't die on the pavement. There's no way that the club doesn't find out that he's still alive if he's in prison. And in Mayans, we have multiple mentions of a dead Jax Teller. So how do you explain all that away? What about Witsek? New identity, immunity, government protection. They let people in his old life believe that he died in that accident, and he gets a new life for cooperating with law enforcement, which doesn't sound like the outlaw way, mm. but how many times did Jax actually use law enforcement to get what he wanted? Pretty often, but never in like kind of like a red way. <laughs> True, but what he wanted most in that moment was for his sons to grow up away from charming, mm. not having the life that he had, and he wanted his club to be on the best path forward with as little bloodshed as possible. Those were what he wanted most in this moment, and he fully intended to make it his literal last thing that he ever did. But what do you think? How would all of that came together? Because when he's working for the law enforcement, it would have at least some negative impact on the club. I mean, he could live life with his boys, maybe with Wendy, um, far away from all of that. Even it's that, like, not really likely because we saw Wendy in Mayans, and then maybe that would be, like, different. But it must have a negative impact on the club, and that's not really something I would say is in yeah Jack's mind, you know what I mean? I agree with you. Um... I don't think that he would intend for him to go live with them mm. in this like fic- you know fictional fairy tale scenario in Witsek. We know that he had some major dealings and knows a lot about multiple very very big fish, let's say yeah. for law enforcement. 
we know the Irish are still selling and running guns with the Mayans, so he didn't flip on the Irish. We know he wouldn't have flipped on his own club. What about Pope Industries? I mean, he kind of eliminated this in like season seven. He eliminated Marx as the head of it. Yeah, that's but... always another one to come. That's true. Right. Like, what if he was able to provide sufficient evidence on the criminal enterprise side of Pope Industries? Because if we remember, Pope Industries had a very large, successful business venture that was on the up and up and hmm. built it through just completely sleazy, awful gangster shit on the criminal side. And that was how Pope made his name and made his thing and you know Marx took it over and there's going to be somebody who takes it over after that let's just say because that's the only that's the only scenario i could come up with because what jacks wanted he wanted his sons away from mm -hmm. the life and away from him because he felt like he would poison them he wanted safety he wanted the club to be intact he wanted he essentially he wanted to be the fall the fall yeah. guy and this is one way for him to be the fall guy and still have a pulse. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just a thought. And then it brings him back, not in a season eight. Hmm. But instead, he's coming back in the sequel series. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought too about the sequel. But not really, like, really coming back. I more thought, like, coming back in, like, flashbacks or, like, almost like a ghost. Not not being, like, weird now, but oh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we talked earlier about the psychological stuff with Abel. And what if, like, the book that JT wrote was to Jax, maybe are those flashback or ghost-like moments uh, for Abel. Like, he's talking to his father, and we really have, like, Charlie Hunnam playing that as Jax, and they are talking, but he's not really there. You know what I mean? That's interesting. I hadn't That's given what that I any... thought, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I like that. Because, see, what I was thinking was... He's been in Witsec, right? He's on the other side of the country, whatever. Mm. But we have the internet now. And every once in a while, he checks in on like the news around Charming. And one particular headline comes his way and he recognizes his son's name yeah. in an incident that happens. So now sure. everything he wanted them being away from Charming, them being away from the club, the club being on the up and up, everything he did this for is gone. It all mm -hmm. came crumbling. It failed. And then he goes back, you mean? Yeah, he has, he has no... He, he would not be able to stay hidden in yeah. some secluded little, you know, terrible life that he's made for himself and his self-loathing because you know that's what he did mm -hmm. in this scenario, right? Like he's he's living off of, you know, TV dinners and has rats in his apartment in Rhode Island. Like he, he hates himself, but he's thinking that he did it to save his kids. Yeah. And then he finds out his kids are right back in charming where he didn't want them. So he leaves, obviously goes AWOL on the program. He's back in charming and you know how quick he can travel there. Yeah. 
and he becomes a supportive character in the story about the sons. But do you think that like he will be really like going back and be present or like going back and don't revealing himself to the people and trying to like manipulate from the outside? That's really interesting because I think you actually I think you have the opportunity to do both. Yeah, maybe. In that scenario. I think you I, I think you maybe start him as a silent participant off the radar. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you have some really big like tension building moment. Then he gets like revealed. Where he, yeah, where he has where he like where his uh, he's revealed and maybe it's like maybe you get a peek. Yeah. Right? Like maybe he's he's discovered by somebody and then they have to keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe the secret starts to spread just a teeny tiny bit, but then something huge happens and he's got to just say fuck it. Yeah, then and it's like, like walks, wildfire. Yep, and the, and he just like walks straight up in into a scenario and he's just like standing right in front of whoever the main foil is and in whatever mm-hmm. moment that you've built like and that's the dramatic reveal and it's like oh shit. Yeah. It's one of those kind of things. I don't it's not my favorite thing. Let me be very clear. But it was the only thing that I could come up with in which you could Tell me he survived and tell me he's stayed away for this long yeah. in any kind of a compelling way that doesn't completely ruin what happened in the first seven seasons of Sons or ruin the character or just make it a just shameless, awful, money-grab, terrible scenario. Mm. I think it's it's a pretty hard, pretty hard thing to say, but... I'm sure that won't be the way they would go with all of that. I mean, if we go back to I the agree. root to to the root of all the rumors, it's like the interview from uh, the the show Shantaram where Charlie like talked about it, mm-hmm. and then some little social media clips, um, like in Reaper reviews, he talked about it again. And for me, especially on the Reaper reviews uh, clip, it sounded a little bit more like the stuff that uh, the Harry Potter guys did with the reunion. Yeah. That's like something that's really likely. So he said, I think like maybe the whole crew will come together again or something like that. And that for me sounds really like a reunion stuff. And it would be cool in my opinion, if they do like the same uh, thing, Harry Potter did with their reunion for Sons of Anarchy, like reviewing some old moments, T- talking about the behind the scenes stuff showing stuff that has never been uh, seen from from the fans uh, like if it comes to behind the scenes and uh, maybe that can be like uh, leaving the door open for taking part as Jax Teller in a sequel that maybe comes after that when we have more promotion for the franchise again through a reunion show like that I can believe they agree the 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 thing that always that like always made the most sense when as soon as he opened his mouth it was a reunion show yeah right the thing that made it a fun thought exercise at least the way it was kind of like spun to be like reprising the role mm. or like coming back as jacks yeah that like, was was what what was a little bit weird about all of that in my opinion yeah like a reunion show is he's charlie hunnam and he's going to come yeah. on and talk about playing jacks not actually they're not going to get into costume and like get into character 
to do the interviews. Yeah, that's what confuses me about all of that. Yeah, so it it does again. It 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 leaves a slither of like, and I'm sure it some of it is just clickbait. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, obviously. And and I would watch the shit out of a reunion show. I would. I thought it made for a a just a, a fun thought exercise of like, okay, let's. I, one of the things that I like to do on the podcast is just these like kind of off the wall what ifs. This was yeah. a what if. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely fine, and that's an absolutely interesting thought especially how we like uh, formed it now <laughs> <laughs> oh so how do we do any other thoughts that you had on a potential jacks like what about a season eight uh, i'm pretty sure there won't be a season eight um, <laughs> I, I i had one scenario that is for me personally pretty interesting too but that will never happen and that goes completely in like a different direction again um, I talked about that in my video uh, last week too. It was like a scenario that I got the idea from um, The Walking Dead a little bit. Like in The Walking Dead, I don't know if you saw the show. At the beginning, the main character Rick Grimes like uh, woke up from a coma, and then all the zombie stuff happens. And what I was thinking about is, what if Jack Teller had like a really hard motorcycle crash? but not the one in season seven, like way before, before season one started. And Jack Seller was in a coma and everything we saw in the show was like just him processing the coma, his mind processing the coma. And then he wakes up and everything is totally different. Like Terra never came back. Wendy is no junkie. She raised um, Abel like one or two years, maybe... Um, the, the the stuff with uh, Gemma and Clay is not like we saw it in the show and everything is different and we see how he deals like with the problem and the struggles of his memories of his fantasy that he had in the coma or his dream better said and the reality because there are so many false memories for him and that would be like a really like mindfuck uh, kind of show. It <laughs> would absolutely be interesting, in my opinion. It goes like in the direction of uh, Christopher Nolan movies for me. And um, it would be definitely interesting, but it wouldn't fit like in the Sons of Anarchy universe. I agree. I think I don't think it fits in the universe, but I think it is an interesting concept of a show. Like, imagine that's happening. Yeah. Then... Everything is possible, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's Hollywood. <laughs> I know, but the um, but he starts running into scenarios, yeah. Like not all of them, because you obviously don't want to just like rewrite the same show. Mm. But like you get hints of deja vu moments, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, "Oh shit, we can't do that," and and he almost like overreacts to things and take goes the opposite direction of what he went before because he knows that that was a huge mistake in his like dream yeah. world. Exactly, and then maybe he has the possibility to really change the club in the right direction he always wanted but never succeeded. But then, of course, it has to go wrong. Yeah, because it's a show. <laughs> <laughs> and we need a dramat dramatic final at the end. Exactly. That's one of the biggest problems um, that I had uh, in my video about Season 8. Everything we can do to make a Season 8 or let Jack survive or whatever, he's coming back... How do we end it that it really feels final and it's not disappointing? Yeah, I agree with you. And I also, like, I could understand people who, and I think this was one of the scenarios in your video too, so I won't give away too much of what you said. But, like, I 
I can understand people also having some interest in just like the continuation of Sam Crow without Jax. Definitely. I personally, I don't think they had the characters for that. I think they had. Yeah, I just, I think there's a reason that if you do go on social media Hmm. and look up anything on Sons of Anarchy, it's like 99% Jax, right? Like it's like Jax carried the show. Yeah. In a really, really big way. And I just don't think that they had anyone. I think Jax was just so unique in a main character for this club and for this show and for this series. I don't think that you could have just like taken that and put it on one of the existing members and then be able to hold it up. If it comes to the characters and the fan base and who's like loved Mm -hmm. the most and seen the most after Jax, we definitely have Opie, but he's dead. So yeah. there's no possibility for him to carry anything. Right. But I think the characters of Chips or Tig and especially the actors would definitely have the potential to carry like uh, one or two more seasons. I think that they were best in the roles that they had. Yeah. And I, the way, and I, this literally just popped into my head this morning after watching your video again. Mm. It was, um, in my mind, the way that that could have potentially been most successful is if upon Jax's exit, you introduced a new character mm-hmm. that is just something fresh, new, and intriguing for us to find, follow and learn about. Like a little bit uh, the story like uh, from Easy, from Mayans. Very, uh, like yeah. Someone very coming much. in as a prospect and yep. uh, yeah, getting like to the president or VP status pretty fast and dramatic. Well, yeah, and he doesn't even have to have that kind of like rise in the club necessarily because I think I think Tig and Chibs they can be their role within the club, yeah, for a while, but not just... but not in the show. I, right. I get what you what you mean. They are the right. main main characters in the club, but not the main characters in the show. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that I think they were best being support characters with main arcs. If that makes yeah. sense, like yeah, even, I agree. Even when they had their big arcs, it was still a an arc that was happening alongside what Jax was doing, and I think you needed that Jax figure for those to truly shine the way that they did. I I personally just think you'd have a decline in quality if you were just like, okay, well, Chibs is the new Jax now, and it's like, well, we already know a lot about Chibs. Mm. And we are, and we've kind of already seen him have an arc alongside our other arc. How are you going to somehow like trump up Chibs, yeah, and make him even more compelling and more interesting? Now he's already done all of his yeah. things. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like that just would be it'd be asking a lot, not of the actor. Like he's fully capable mm-hmm. in that way, but you're asking a lot of the character. Yeah, that's after true. what it's already been through. So that's where I was like, if you if you could introduce somebody, and maybe it's somebody that we that is familiar to us in some way. Like I don't even know what that would be, but like somebody's got a some kind of tie to the club, and they come in as a prospect, as as you mentioned, and they've got a tie somehow to a family somewhere somehow. I don't know, mm. but like some kind of familiar thread that could then have their own journey and. Chibs and even Tig 
could like help guide them on that journey. But I think what would be definitely interesting, maybe not on chips, because we know a lot of chips backstory. So and we much. have seen like uh, parts of it because all of the Ireland, uh, mm -hmm. Scotland uh, stuff. But um, like for guys like Happy or Tick, um, there's a lot we know about them, but we only got teased, especially Tick. There's so much behind this character that we have never seen. And that's really interesting, exactly like on Happy. And uh, that could like kind of get the bridge a little bit to Mayans MC and everything that happens there. Um, but a character that not many people think about, but I think had big potential for more screen time was uh, Red Boy. <laughs> it's really funny you mentioned that because I give him a of a big role in the uh in the fan fiction but um I I agree with you I I think it also depends on what your goal of the show is mm. if your goal is to bridge from sons to Mayans yeah then I think you're absolutely right yeah. Chibs Tig Happy like they can carry that with no with not a lot of issue because you don't have to have a a super long arc planned exactly yeah but if your plan is to essentially kick off what would basically be another like seven season type of a series essentially starting your sequel yeah, there that, that wouldn't be possible with the characters that's, yeah that's uh yeah clear yeah thing. you need somebody you need something new you to to bring to the table uh, to follow their journey i think but then i say um better do a spin-off yeah, that's that's not uh, how the show is supposed to to continue, in my opinion. Yeah, when they, I agree. When they would have done an eighth season, then only like really one season, maybe two, maybe. Yeah, maybe one season where they like, uh, yeah, show a little bit more about the characters we haven't seen much about yet, and exactly like guys like Red Boy, maybe how he becomes full member and um, his arc a little bit. Um, and then second season, like how it all really ends, like fading out into Mayans mm -hmm. MC a little bit, and then Sons of Anarchy's done. Yeah, I I agree with you. The only the only thing that could potentially have legs in the in the timeline just doesn't quite fit mm -hmm. is Opie's son. Yeah. He's just not quite old enough. Yeah, true. But if he was Right? And it like would if, be really, really interesting thought to him. Yeah, like if he became a prospect and then you you make him the new Jax or whatever, like that that could be something very, very compelling. I just mm. don't think he's quite old enough because he's what? He's probably like six or seven in season one. Maybe, yeah. So he's maybe 15 by the time it all ends. I think that is something that can only happen like in the timeline way after my NCMC. Right, like you can't you can't bring a fifteen year old into Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. But if he was say thirteen in season one, and he's you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty when it all ends, mm -hmm. then you've got something. But, but then I I would it. say we would have seen more of him in the original show I agree. too. Yeah, when I, he's I, like that age, then they would have made a real character of him now he was like he wasn't really a character i don't know if he like said one real sentence in the whole show exactly and and i think you kind of need that right yeah. like i think i think the new 
I think the new, whoever that new mantle was going to go to, it would have to just be somebody that like we have a reason to care about them from the jump, but that mm-hmm. we don't really know. Yeah. And so that that's why his boy, you know, came to mind as a potential there. We've already kind of seen enough from Rat Boy to kind of disqualify him, in my opinion, on that. Maybe, yeah. So like it, it, to me, the only way that scenario works is if it's somebody we don't know really anything about, but like we recognize a name, mm-hmm. yeah, or we like recognize a um a connection a family to, tie. to yeah, exactly. a connection yep. to someone else of the club or of someone in charming or stuff right. like that. Right. It's somebody that we it's somebody that we connect to. So we're like, oh, I want to root for them because of their connection to X, mm. but I don't know who this person actually is. Yeah. And that's the intrigue. Yeah, yeah. But that's probably why we didn't get it. Maybe. And it was our it was always intended to be seven seasons. That's why I think season seven was so rushed. At the end, I have to say it's good how it ended. It's a final ending. I yeah. hope Jax is dead and they don't bring him back. Please do a reunion <laughs> show. That you. would be absolutely sick and everyone everyone would uh, watch that and we all have good content about that. Hell yes. But uh, please don't bring back Jax. Yeah. If you do, if anyone hears that ever from like the network or Kurt Sutter or some, someone else, if you do bring him back, then only like for uh, the sequel in like how I mentioned uh, with like Abel maybe talking in a ghosty way or something, but don't bring back Jack's alive, please. Don't ruin what you already built. Yes, exactly. I think we did pretty good. Yes. I think we did well. We've got Thank three you. series that we could that we could conceivably have um two that we would prefer <laughs> and uh and if anyone at the networks uh want to hire us once this strike is over to help guide these stories we are our, our phone lines are open definitely <laughs> uh, we would also take a place in the cast and uh yeah we could do like everything <laughs> i i would totally be down um you... i can bring bikes and uh, no problem I'm totally down for it. The only downside that I have is I don't totally fit the um the aesthetic of the original cast. Those dudes mm. were huge. Yeah. They were giants. I heard Theo Rossi say on Reaper Reviews that he's 5'10". Yeah. And Juice looks like a tiny little boy. <laughs> the good thing is I definitely know I'm way bigger than, than uh, Theo. I met him in 2019 here on a comic con. <laughs> And I remember that I was looking a little bit down, <laughs> but I, uh, but Ryan Ryan was absolutely a giant. He was so big, really monsters, just yes. just huge human beings. I am not. I'm a very small human being. So you're gonna have <laughs> to write my character as like some little dude that's like really crazy or like something. <laughs> yeah, just like uh, the only way somebody my size gets into that world is they have to have some really 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 scary demons. Yeah. Do you mean Coco? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah it would have to be a, a, a Coco type character uh, for yeah, me to play just because I'm so short. But I do yeah. it. I, I can ride. We can do that. Anyway, dude, seriously, um, thank you for coming on the podcast. This was a ton of fun. Um, My pleasure. Same for me. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. And for now, plug literally anything that you want to plug. Yeah. At the end, if you're just interested in Sons of Anarchy stuff, 
you can check out my pages if you haven't leave a comment uh, on some of the youtube videos uh, and let me know about uh, your thoughts on the spin-offs i have videos about pretty much all of we talked yet and um, then i'm interested to read what you guys say how maybe the sons of anarchy universe could continue and if you're interested in harley davidson content or myself feel free to check out my personal instagram and definitely consider about the patreon membership uh, for the belated binge podcast because you definitely need to read uh, his fan fiction <laughs> i agree uh and there's gonna be links to all of those in the show notes that i'll put um i'd also love to hear uh, your opinions on these scenarios and these different shows you can leave a voicemail on my website belatedbinge.com there's a leave a voicemail icon right there on the right hand side of the screen and links to everything else from there, social patreon and and all of that like i said all links will be in the show notes as always thanks for joining us and remember life is short buy the motorcycle when you do wear a helmet dress for a slide not the ride and be sure to bring Belated Binge along for that ride.